Mikey and his magic middies. Will they get you over the line this season? Will Jake have Tedesco this week? Maxie the consistent keeper. Ryan Hadley, Australia's next test fast bowler. Timmy, the 2020 Supercoach champion. And Sav's the Newcastle. I mean, Tommy Turbo tragic. Are you ready for some football? We're ready for some football, baby. Here we go, here we go. You're now listening to the Supercoach Experience Podcast. Welcome back to the Supercoach Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Savage, the coach of the Savage Turbos. Today, we talk about the front row forward options of Supercoach for 2023. Just me and Mikey, so we talk through all the options that we can and our thoughts on just multiple different options. Firstly, got a shout out to Budget Sports Co. Head over to Budget Sports Co. on Instagram. They're selling 2023 replica jerseys for $70. You buy a jersey for $70, you go to checkout, use the code SE Experience, you get a further 10% off. So what's that? $63 after checkout. That's honestly a bargain. They are replica jerseys. They're not the authentic thing, but honestly, I've got one myself. They're no different. If you don't care about all that sort of shit, honestly, I don't. I don't have time to be spending $190 on a jersey every year. So this is the place to go. If you don't want to spend all that money on a jersey, just give it a go. Buy one jersey if you like it. You can restock every year. If you don't like it, bloody sell it to a mate or just bloody sell it on Marketplace. You'll get your money back, honestly. So head over to Budget Sports Co. And yeah, use the code SC Experience. Let's get into the show. We've got lots of front rows to talk about. And I think the big thing will be... Like a lot of people are doing, there's so many guns this year, not in this position, but people are going shorter in this position to allow for m- more guns. And that's going to be very this, the, the same for me. I can't nail down two for now. I have, but I'm going to wait. But I definitely see this where I will plug two mid-rangers for the time being. Uh, there are a few guns that I'd be happy to start with, but it's just all about fitting in all the other guns and realistically finding someone that can just, just do a nice job for now till you find out who your gun front rolls are. Like last year, you know, Max King really helped a lot of people out. And, you know, you kind of just needed a little time to work it out. So I guess it's all about picking someone that's just going to start you off nicely. It's it's real funny you kind of say Max King because Max King at the start of the year last year, he wasn't reliable to play as a starting player. And I think the tactic a lot of people are looking to go this year is having a 300k player to start the, to, to start the year in the front row. And... Oh, I don't know if it's – it could be viable, but I feel like every year they always look juicy, but it never works out. Um, personally, I think I'm going to go the cheaper route, but, yeah, it's very hard. Um, Mikey, are you looking to kind of – I know you said two mid-rangers, but are they kind of people that you're not going to look at trading out for the season? You think there's value there? Yeah, I, I do think there's value there, but it's just hard to – to work it out because a lot of these guys uh for me there is a few that stand out but it's dependent on their role their side their minutes um but i'll make the decision up of yeah how they how they line up and who's there's a, there's a lot of changes in um clubs with the forwards this year i found it's especially at certain clubs which means different forward rotations and that's that, that's what's going to come into it so there's definitely going to be some front rollers to pick where you have will have heaps of value, but the key is just like any of Supercoach players is finding the right ones. So 
Yeah, the, I guess I guess we'll dive into it. Eh? Yeah, the lower end teams uh, really have some value there, but is it going to be worth it? Um, we are going to go through the front rows today, but firstly, Lockie Miller looks set to join Newcastle, and uh, we'll, we'll start off with some with some news. Obviously, that means Caelan Ponga is confirmed at six. What are your thoughts on it? And do you think it's good for Ponga? And is Miller a genuine super coach option now? I thought so, but no, I don't think he is for classic right now. Five hundred ninety-three k. I got excited, but he's so expensive because of how well he did at the start. Like he's going to be awesome for draft picking in your center wings. So for the draft players out there, he'll be one of the top of my picks for my center wing in draft. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not really keen. I, look, I think it's great for the Knights. Um, is Ponga a six? We'll work it out. But I, I kind of like their spine. I know you did a post on the page today, and there's a lot of mixed signals about it. But to be honest, uh, before the Knights made some of these signings, they're a side that I kind of predicted for the bottom. And I think that you can go into, like, this is a Knights fan with a bit of, you know, an open mind, and it might not be as bad as you think. So I, I'd be, if I was a Knights fan, I'd be excited to see how it goes because I think Lockie Miller's, Miller's got a ton of potential. And when I – well, you actually mentioned that, you know, he, he would be the perfect signing for them. And here he is now, signed with the club, and um, I, I like it. Like, we haven't seen much from him, but sometimes you've got to take a risk there, put some money into those players before they become too good to, you know, and end up staying with the club or another club can offer them double what you can. So it makes, it makes sense. I do understand um, the, the the Miller signing. I, I saw it coming from a mile away. Someone was going to snatch him up and Newcastle, it seemed like the perfect fit only because they wanted Ponga to play six. And I think the first time he played six, um, there was Danny Levi at nine, Connor Watson at fullback. They're both good players, but they're not the right players for to fit Ponga, whereas Lockie Miller, he's a ball-running fullback. Uh, Jaden Braley is a gun nine. I think the platform is there for Caelan Ponga to succeed this year. So um, if he's fit round one, I'll highly consider starting with him, but we will get to that. Uh, I don't know if we're going to chat about him in the 5'8". Uh, podcast, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I guess we'll mention him, but uh, yeah. yeah uh, and a bit of breaking news. Uh, Stephen Crichton has informed the club that he's not staying past this year. What are your thoughts on that as a Penrith fan? Obviously, you know, you've got Taruva, Tom Cartwright waiting on the pine, and uh, there's another Isaiah Yongi or, or something uh, waiting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, waiting. Tom in the Jenkins. We've got heaps. But, um, Do you think it's yeah? Look, look. Think it's the right okay, move. Okay. Oh, d- look, we don't know how much money he's getting signed on. So, I reckon the fact that they couldn't come to an offer is he wants to play fullback. That'd be the main thing to give him fullback money and keep him there. It's just not. It's not going to happen. Uh, we can't do it. Um, I received the email about ten minutes as a Penrith member. Ten minutes before it went everywhere, and I saw the email like, ah, oh, damn. I knew it was coming. Yeah. But the the news. He really wanted to stay with Penrith and just sucks that some of these guys, I wonder if the offer wasn't too far from what he signed on, say it was 100k more, I would have hoped that he would have knocked back the extra 100k just to stay with Penrith a little more because he's not just a centre to me, Stephen Crichton, he's, he's one of those breakout stars where without his moments, we wouldn't have won some of the games that we did, so uh, very sad to see him go, but yeah, as you said, we've got Taruva, um, you know, I'd rather them invest a bit more into Tago, we've got plenty of options in, in um in the back line and stuff. So uh, can't keep him more. It is what it is. I'd prefer Brian to over Crichton. So 
yeah, that's just my personal preference. Hundred uh, percent. Let's get into the front rowers then. Now, uh, obviously, this one is going to be the quicker podcast because front rowers is honestly there's, there's a lot there, but um, it, it's about choosing the right one. So we've got Tino up the top there, surprisingly coming off a sixty-seven average. It, it, it was a great season for him, and obviously he went really under the radar, but for 5K less, uh, getting a Joe Tarpanay, I think these two are obviously the premium options. Yeah, I think the all those three there may be a, a, a touch, not, not overpriced, but they're just too high to start with just based on, you know, everyone says the same thing about Tarpanay. Um, starts, not starts slow, but Ricky usually bloods or like, you know, gives his forwards lower minutes, especially Tarpanay to start with. Um, curious to see how their forward rotation goes. Um, big Tino, he'd be someone with a bit of low ownership, but Tino proved himself last year. He's got the jewel there and he's come out saying like, you know, he's, he's the captain of the club. He's come out saying that he still wants a big role and that he doesn't want his minutes to fall off. So I wouldn't be as worried about him with his minutes, Yeah, but it's a lot of money to fork out. Um, if I wanted to take a gun, I'd prefer someone maybe down the list there, 60, 70 K cheaper that I think has room to grow. Um, I think they're, Two guys that you'll want to grab at some point. You'll definitely want Tarpane at some point, but I think um, the timing's going to be key for both of those guys. Did you think any differently, Savs? Yeah, I agree. I think, obviously, as captain of the club, Tino is going to play a massive role uh, for the Titans this year. And he, honestly, he's probably going to replicate what he did last year. Uh, but I tend to find that the front rowers do start slow every single year. Uh Front row is kind of a spot where it's such a balance between size and fitness, and they've got the hardest jobs in ter- in terms of balance. And what they have to do is they're going to make sure they stay big, but at the same time they've got to be fit, match fit, and match fit is something that takes a few weeks. Um, so I think this is why I like to go the cheaper approach to start round one. Payne Haas has been the exception in the last few years, but... He's always got some going on at the start of the year. Uh, Six hundred sixty-two thousand. I mean, that's that's probably down on what he can produce. Yeah, uh, he he had a bit of a lean year for him, and I actually he was the first front row I picked. Very keen on him just because he's a guy you can rely on, and I think he can better his season last season. But with all that off-field drama and all the stuff going on in his personal life. I'm just scared to. I, I got him straight out of my team and go. Now nah, let's let's save some money there. Go a cheaper guy and use it elsewhere. And obviously, the plan will be to target paying hards at some point. But I really just can't go there from the start for now with all those question marks. And yeah, it's not 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 for me for now. But you know, he's a, he's a gun of that position. Do do you think he's obviously he's going to be a target at some point? But it's not as clear cut this year compared to most other years where it was always going to be Payne Haas and partnering with someone else. I think Tino and Joe Tarpany are legit the, the top runners because of their ceiling and Payne Haas has kind of put that ceiling away. Yeah, but that gives you room for improvement. And if he can get back to his best when he clears all this stuff out, he's got a bit more room to move. Think about where his price is only 40k behind those two blokes you mentioned. And we didn't see as big of a season as from him last year compared to what we have in the past. Um, 
it's always what, what's made him a gun was just how many minutes he can play. And I think now with Broncos kind of pack, maybe he won't see those minutes that he once did. But the pedigree is always there, and he's still only young, and he's got room to improve. So I, I've owned him every year since he's coming to the comp, and I, I definitely see him as a target with one of those other blokes. All right, I'm going to go through three more uh, front row options that are up the top of the list, and then we're kind of going to pick off uh, some others from across the list. So David Clammer is in at number three, 672,000. New club, uh, so obviously coming over from the Newcastle Knights, he's he was in a role, he was in a good role. Coming across to the Tigers, do you think there's value in what he is priced at, or is, there, is he overpriced just on what you can see the Tigers using him? I definitely think he's overpriced because the Tigers, the one thing they've used their money for, which we all know, is a forward pack. And they already have some really good forwards there. Joe had an outstanding season. Alex Twell's there. And now you're adding the likes of um, Papali'i, Bateman, and now Clemmer. I don't know how their forward rotation's got to go. They've got a Toikamanu. They've got they've got all these, all these blokes Dear, like, how are they going to fit them all in? So, Vanilla Pole, I see kind of how, like, they got that pole who was a pole. That, yeah, yeah, he was great last season. Let's have a look how their forward rotation works um, and see how it goes. But I, I don't really see David Clemmer being much of an option. I, high work rate at the Knights, and I think the role he had at the Knights suited him. Yeah. But the Tigers, though, like, oh, there's, there's no way in hell I'd do it. Like, well, ha- have a say. This, like, we, we said it with the Dolphins and that. We want to see how it works. Have a look at um, the the Knights pack this year. They're really struggling for middles, and they relied heavily on David Clemmer. I think to get Jackson Hastings, uh, it, it was kind of a no-brainer just knowing that Clemmer needed, wanted to get out of the club. So you don't, you don't blame them for that. But at the same time, they lost an important middle and to the Tigers who – you know, they've got so many middles. And I guess that brings us to the next one. Joe O, Joe Offen Galway, 644,000. Pretty much his breakout year, uh, not in terms of NRL, but for Supercoach. He was pumping them out every week. And if he can produce that this year, he's going to be definitely an option when it comes to the second buy, when uh, the Tigers the Tigers uh, have buy round 13 and then round I think 15 and 18, uh, they had the buy off. So obviously he's going to be an option then. But that being said, can he replicate what he did last year and will he get the minutes to do so? Same reasons for that I just mentioned for Clemmer. I, I don't know. Like um, I think he's definitely earned some minutes, but we don't know how that forward rotation is going to work. And yeah, yet again, he's pretty expensive. Um, I'm not sure if he can replicate what he did super coach wise for the Tigers. So mm-hmm. It's a big, it's a big wait and see. I don't think his role is going to change too much, but how they're going to use the forward rotation now with the forwards they got and Clemmer's there too that can kind of play similar roles will be interesting to see how they rotate and really what style bench the Tigers go with. Like, are they going to go with uh, two uh, front rowers on the bench and air, two edges? Like, we need to see the makeup of their bench because they actually have quite a few options. They really do. And I, I guess we can tie this with Stefano. Uh, he's starting at quite a cheap price of, I think it's 300 Honestly, I'm all over the place because all the prices have changed. So I I, I was all down-packed with everyone's price. He's 319000 Based on a 30 average, we know he can average more than that. Uh, but will he get the minutes to do so? Is I guess I can ask you this question. Are you starting with him? No. Nah. 
No. Not at all. Um, if for some reason he got a starting spot, then I might be baited into starting with him. But mm-hmm. nah, I don't think he'll get that role. He's going to be on the bench in my eyes if he's even in the side at all. Um, if he ever gets a role later down in the year with injuries or something like that, then he'll be on your watch list. But you want to try and fill up those bench spots with guys that you think can improve their minutes from last year. He could be one of them. But as I said, the Tigers have heavily signed in this forward position. And although, yeah, they signed two edges, it shouldn't affect his minutes. Let's see the makeup of their bench first, so whether or not I do. But they still got Twell, Clemmer, Offengawe. What if Poles and like, there's there's a lot of front rollers there to eat minutes. So I don't see him fastly improving from the start compared to last year, or compared to yeah his minutes last year. I'm gonna group Myself. the next. Uh, uh, who are we talking about? Stefano. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, he gives me the vibe of someone like a. Um, like a brass cart, right? Kind of all the potential in the world. He's proved it before, but he's he just disappoints year after year. Bryce Cartwright is a bit harsh to use him as an example because I really think he hasn't been put in the right systems and the right situations. And uh, it could be similar to Stefano. Like Stefano just needs to be given that the confidence of starting and, and them signing all these middles. Does that put his confidence down? I don't know, but. I think we're going to get more of the same from Stefano this year. And I am, he is in my team picker at the moment, but uh, it's a bit of a tough one because we don't know if last year was skittled by injury. We, we know he came back from an injury, but did it really affect him? Um, are they going to use him this year? It's just a, a bunch of what ifs. And if there's someone that is a bit cheaper who has a similar role, well, then you bet, you're you better off going with someone like that because it's a bit of a... The difference is Stefano, he's shown what he can do before. Um, that being said, Bryce Cartwright broke his jaw last week, so poor Brycey Cartwright. I've seen it nowhere on the news, but uh, good old friend Jake, who is usually here, he reported it to us, and that is such sad news. Yeah, it's, it's an unfortunate, but now an opportunity is going to be up for, like, whether or not he would have got a utility spot at the Eels will be a position yeah. up available there. So it's going to be an interesting tale, G. There's a, quite a few things to still happen before now. Oh, Jake yeah. Arthur will retain his spot as the number 14. I'm going to group... Yeah, that's most likely. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to group uh, these next two together. Tom Jenkins has tuned in on the YouTubes. Keen to hear your thoughts on Cotter. I was going to group him with Tohu Harris. I think they're kind of in a similar role slash mould, I guess. Tohu Harris is kind of someone who can play second row as well, so there's a chance he starts on the edge, but very similar price, very similar style of super coach player. Compare the pair, Mikey. Uh, who, who are you ranking one and two? Uh, pretty quick thinking here. Look, Cotter's a gun, but it's just his minutes keep fluctuating. I'd go Tohu Harris. He presents Jewel. He's a senior player in the team. And as you said, you can switch around a little bit. Uh, I think, you know, the Warriors side, like, I think they'll be towards the bottom. But I do think there is some spirit and some fight in this pack. Yeah, they also have recruited heavily in the forward pack with, like, Mitch Barnett. There's been a couple of changes there. So what's his minutes going to be like? But, yeah, as you said, you've bunched these two together because they're very close. Like, Cotter's still got so much more to improve, like, to improve on. And... He was awesome to start that back in the year. Then that injury really slowed him down. So 623K, they're both pretty pricey. If I was to spend money on the front row, I'd probably take a gamble with one of these guys. But 
the Cowboys too. I'm not too sure how their like you know forward rotation is going to line up. So if I kind of like the rotation and the, like how they're lining up, I'd probably take a punt on Cotter instead because he just had such a high work rate to start the year last year and. He's got some attacking stats in him, and I think he's only going to keep building with that. So maybe I'm talking to myself, talking myself into Cotter a little bit more. But I, I'm still not keen on starting with either of these. I'd rather take someone 120k or 150k cheaper, and I think there's quite a few at 100k cheaper. The 100k uh, can be used in many ways to get yourself another second row gun or to load up your halves, which I think is going to be important this year. I agree. I guess that will stem us in and uh, segue us into... You know what time it is, Mikey. Magic MIDI time. Who Who's on the top of your list for Magic MIDIs? There's, I, I don't know if front row is the best spot for Magic MIDIs this year. I think second row is just full of them. It, it's, a sh- it's a shame we're not doing the second row episode right now, but... Magic Middies, who who are you looking at, and who's really feeling? Who are you really feeling the magic for? It depends with what we're determining middies to be this year, because the cap's gone up. But I would, what would you determine the middies to be. I would say three hundred to five hundred, four fifty max, four fifty. Yeah, see, I've got a, I've got a lot. I think most of the the front rollers that I like are just above the mid ranger range. I don't think there's heaps lower than that. That's why I was going to kind of price mine between three hundred to five hundred, yeah, and then the guns five hundred to seven hundred. Well, the, ma- the, 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 ma- the magic like, midi yeah. is your thing, so whatever you think it is, that's what it is. Yeah, I'm going to roughly go around that price, all around that cast. I think. I don't want to start with two of the ones that are many cheaper than the 350 mark because I think that's where it can trap you. But I don't have anyone on the top, but I've got four guys, which, you know, there's no secret in any of these four guys. And then I'll name more and we'll break them down. They're like Luke Thompson, Corey Horsburgh, Tom Gilbert, and Daniel Saifidi. I think they're, I've got two of those four in my starting side right now. A lot of them have already been mentioned now, but uh, let's start with uh, Luke Thompson, who's the most expensive at 512k. Can I just He's shown us can I just potential. backtrack just a, a bit quickly? I did say Yeah, go. I, I said 450 max, but that was based on knowing Daniel Saifidi was 440. Obviously the cap has gone up and like my yeah. range is everywhere. So if anyone's like a bit hesitant on oh, is it actually a midi? Well, I think my thoughts were based on the last cap. So I think Four eight yeah, four eighty is the I old yeah is the old four forty so yeah I agree with your mid mid range price and I love all them options. Tell me why you like them. So, look, obviously I need more preseason. I need like you know lineups will be key to these guys, but they're the four guys that stand out right now that I think can improve on their price and average. Whether or not it's great enough, I think all I want from my front row to start with, I'd love anything around a 50-point average and have a little bit of upside in there and then just plot along till I work out the correct path. Um, Luke Thompson, he's a dual front row, second row. Yes, the Bulldogs have recruited a lot of players. We don't know what that comes to, but he's a bit of a senior player for them, and he's either A, going to drop off and start to lose all those minutes and go back home, or he's going to finally step up. Go back home. Um, (laughs) Like, go back home. He's he's had a bit like like a lot of them do. Yeah, um, I know, I know. Like, big Yeah, he's had a lot of suspensions in that. And I've always been sucked into him, but he's got a really big PPM. And yep. I still think he's a workhorse. And 
he's a bit pricey. I could see myself starting with someone like here because I think Bulldogs are a team that are going to improve, and I think their attack's going to be a lot better this year. I'm not sure on their defence, but I think their attack could be a lot better. Uh, so I like him. Um, Horsburgh, the main reason I like him is only if he starts at lock. Um, maybe before I continue on him, did you want to add anything to Luke Thompson? I really like Luke Thompson, and in the past he's been he's been a real good shout for little stints here and there, but he just hasn't been able to string it together. If there's no disrupt, disruptions disruptions uh, this preseason, five hundred twelve thousand with the dual flexibility, I think it makes it a bit awkward that he is second row because you're going to be tempted to put him up there, um, and. That's going to suck, but it's going to be handy when you need to use it. So I, I think that's really handy. Um, I would only have him in the front row because uh, I think there's a lot of options in the second row. But Luke Thompson, yeah, he's based at a 48.7 average here in 13 games. And I think he can really push to the average 60s, uh, especially if he's getting the minutes. And I think he will get the minutes. Uh, it'll just depend... Paul Vaughan's gone, so there's minutes to be shared there. Uh, and that they might bring in Franklin Pele, um, so he'll get eased into it. And if he doesn't play, then it'll be someone else who's a bit less experienced. Or they're going to have, you know, that Josh Jackson rotate through the middle last year. He's gone. So maybe, maybe RFM uh, rotates through the middle. I don't know, but I really like him, and I think... Him compared to, you know, Horsberg or... I feel like they're all quite similar. Like, they're all very underpriced for what they can produce. Yeah, that, that's exactly exactly right. Um, but it's just, yeah, the key word that you said in there is if he gets the minute. So yeah. that's going to be the, the talking point there. Um, and, yeah, yet again, a lot of these guys... They're going to come with risk, and we don't know what their minutes are going to be like. That's that's just the gamble, and we're going to have to gamble on a couple of them. Um, Horsburgh, only if he gets the lock position. Adam Elliott's left the club. Yeah, they always have a lot of forwards banging the door down. Ryan Sutton has also left. Um, Horsburgh's always had the potential, and he's got a very super coach-friendly game when it comes to just – he's kind of that meat and potatoes front row that just has a high work rate. Um, he was a mid-ranger that season where he got really upset and threw the finger I had him. He was pretty good for an average there. So 48 average, very similar. He's also becomes a jewel. So he's also someone that I'll have on my radar that I think could do pretty well for you from the start. Um, anything to add on him? I know you're not the no, great, no. biggest Raiders fan. Oh, no, no, I, th- I think the Raiders are going to do well this year. Um, Jamal Fogarty, another season. I think he's a massive underrated uh, player for their side. So I think another year with him is going to do well. And I'm very excited to see um, Corey Hauer and Naira uh, possibly get a start. I guess we'll see what happens there and we'll speak about it next episode. But... Yeah, I'm really excited for the Raiders. And I, I think their style of play, it's really improved. Jack Whiten, you know, he's a freak. Uh, we saw in uh, the World Cup and Origin just how good he is. And I think uh, another year with these young guys, Harley Sexy Shields, I, I'm really excited for the Raiders this year. I think they'll do well. Yeah, there you go. Um, the other one, Tom Gilbert. I just liked what I saw at yep. the Cowboys. I actually have him. So I don't have the other two. I actually have him at the moment. Yeah. Yet again, we 
from all the reports that we've had, he's going to be the starting lock. Yep. He does have competition in Ray Stone, but compared to other clubs, there's not a super mega amount of competition with a bit of experience towards. And he's a young forward that's on the rise. I liked what I saw at the Cowboys, as I just said. He also comes in at Jewel. Yep. All these three I just mentioned come in at Jewel, which I think is handy because there are a few cheapies, which we'll talk about, that do have front row or second row at Jewel. So you can kind of, you know, utilize that early on. Um, yeah, the key is just, I'm not sure how many minutes, but if I see that bench and I don't see too many middle forwards of experience, I might be willing to take that risk there because we know that Jesse Bromwich is going to start at prop. Um, he's a bit of a younger body. He, uh, Gilbert might rotate to the front row, and we, we, we don't know what's going to happen there. Um, they've also got Mark Nichols. He's getting a bit older now too, so... We know what Wayne Bennett is like with his forwards, so that could be the main risk. But someone in that forward pack is going to have to step up and take on that real, like, you know, intense role. And I'm going to, at this stage, I'm going to punt and say it could be Gilbert. So I'm very keen on him. Over to you, Sabs. Yeah, I really like Gilbert as well. Um, did you uh, group anyone else in that kind of price range? Or was that it? I got one more. Uh, I got oh, there, there was a bit there, cheaper. There, there was Saifidi. Um, yeah, I, I really. He's four ninety four, by the way, Tom Gilbert. Yeah, I think Gilbert. Um, you know, just got selected for Origin last year, so I think he kind of has the most to prove out of all of them. Whereas there's there's a lot of them in that price range, like uh, Corey Horsberg. Like he's been around for a few years. Everyone knows what he's like. I think he's kind of gone past his peak. Whereas Gilbert is still yet to hit his peak. And I think this year could do it, uh, getting the starting lock roll. I don't know if he's got any ball playing in him, but this could... I mean, it really could help him uh, if, if he does use some ball playing, could get him some attacking stats. Um, that being said, Wayne is kind of an old older school coach, obviously, because he's older. Um, and the way the Dolphins play might not... They might not need a ball-playing rock, so th- that could be good for Gilbert as well. So either way, he's going given, to be given the license to just run, hit the ball, make your tackles, or he's going to go to another level this year with some try assists and uh, some attacking stats. Yeah, price at a 47 average. So you want to obviously, if you're selecting, you want to hope that he upticks that average and maybe averages a bit more minutes, which he potentially could. But... Um, yeah, he, he just seems like that guy that can just punch out some some points for you well, just with some tackles and runs. And he's just a hard-working forward, obviously, as you said, in that origin spot. So, um, yeah, right now we're just going off what we have in front of us. And it's a bit of a Deadwood position. So, for now, I like him. And Saifidi's one that a lot of people are split on. Um Look, I understand that a lot of people are more excited about him because Clem is leaving, and because Clem is leaving, they think that that means Saifidi is going to get the minutes. That's not the reason why I like him. I like him mainly because he's – we saw what he could do the season before. He has attacking upside, and last year his brother kind of did what he did the season before, so I'm backing it to be Daniel's turn. Um, he's huge. They're both big boys, and I am I just think he's underpriced on what – what he's achieved in past seasons, and you've got to pick someone there. You've got to take a risk, and if Knights have a bit of an easier draw, that's not going to benefit the forwards too much. But if they get onto a bit of a roll, build some confidence, um, it could, you know, it it could see an uptick in many of their players. So, as I said, you've got to pick two of them, and for a front row, 
Sofidi just he has a little bit of upside that I like. Can score some tries, and as you said, Brayley's back. He's fit. When he did good, Brayley was there feeding him the ball, and Brayley loves that run to the line, a little bit of a short ball, and it's going to benefit some of these front rollers. So I'm hoping that combination can work, and that's why I think I can't. He's priced at a 46 average. Can we see a big enough average to make it worthwhile? No, but could he get you off to a good start and not have to worry about that position? I think so. I think last year for a down year, um, to come out with still a 46 average, uh, that's still pretty good. So I think he's going to bounce back this year. He's going to get the attacking stats. And um, even his brother is at value. Um, They're both going to benefit from Clemmer leaving. So it just depends on which one you think is going to benefit more. I think Daniel will because he'll take that leader's role. At the price, 436. Uh, Martin Tapao's left the club of Manly. Uh, so there's a spot there. Taniela Paseca at 436. He's looking juiced at the moment. What are your thoughts on him? Didn't really think much of him until we kind of saw that photo. And yeah, I do think Manly will have a little bit of room for opportunity. But I've currently got two Manly players in my side. And the key, I don't think you could start with three of them as they got the round two by. So I'm kind of looking ahead. I think if you picked a mid-range forward and you're carrying two dog crap blokes that you're hoping hoping will do well, you're going to have to play one of them in round three. That's where the dual the jewels are going to come in handy. So, sorry, you're going to have to play one of them in round two. Yeah. And what if, you know, you pick like Davey Moore and you pick someone else like Kepi and they both score 25, 25, and then you're stuck. And although, yeah, that, that's that's why someone like Paseka is a perfect guy to just watch. And if I like what I see, he'll be someone that I'll bring in previously to round four as they're on the buy. So, yeah, but I, I, definitely, definitely an option. If they didn't have that buy and he's starting – at round one, and he doesn't have many guys on the bench. And yeah, he's definitely an option. But yeah, the buys are going to alter how I start my side for sure. There's a couple of other mid-ragers we've got to go through, and then uh, we'll look at the cheapies. Um, we've got Christian Welch, Lindsay Collins, and also there's one more. Uh, that is it. Christian Welch and Lindsay Collins. What are your thoughts on them at the price? And uh, are you interested Oh, sorry, there's one more. I was interested there, there, There's one more. Royce Hunt, who uh, at the end of last yep. year had a run of games uh, with more minutes starting. He looked the goods, uh, but uh, it's kind of been the same story every year. But we've got Aiden Tolman leaving. We've got uh, Andrew Fafita leaving. So there is minutes to be shared. Yeah, we'll start on Royce Hunt since you mentioned already that about him. They're everything I would have said about him. Is it going to be the case now with the fully foot shark slot? I, I don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure Brendan Uele was missing in some of those matches or whether or not he is could bite into yeah, his time. Yeah, I think Fanukam um, was gone as well. Yeah, like, look, I think he could definitely be a bit of an option. He, he was he was great scoring some tries on that bench, but I just don't know if he's someone that I... Yeah, he's not someone I'm going to start with yet. Um, I know I'm, I'm pretty boring with someone else wants yep. to say that. I'm just going to wait and see. But this is a case in such a dead position. It's not like the center wing where you can take a punt and hope they'll score some tries. Your forwards, your front rowers need some minutes to score some points. They, you know, that's that's what you need. Or you need a bit of attacking upside from them. And 
then you've got to look at their competition because these guys, most of these guys don't play 80 minutes. So that's why the front row is such a tricky position because you're picking guys based on guys that are most likely going to get rest. So that's my answer on him. Christian Welch, I did like him at the start, but now I don't like him. I definitely think he can he might be an option at some point, but he's coming back from that big ACL injury. Um, so I don't know if he can be an option from the start. Sorry, Sabs, take over. I need to ban these dogs from this room. <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, and, yeah, I spoke about Lindsay Collins as well. I think Lindsay Collins, he kind of had the promise last year and it, he didn't live up to it as well. You know, the suspensions, the injuries – I think he's going to have them games where he tons up, he scores well, but I don't think Lindsay Collins is the kind of guy that presents value at the start of the year. Um, where on the other hand, I think Royce Hunt probably provides a bit more value than Collins at 455. I think there is room to move there. Like uh, Royce Hunt's game was without Hammond, Lenueli and Finucane. But Andrew Fafita and Tolman still played that game, so they're, they're two middles that are going to leave. So is that more of what we're going to see with Royce Hunt with two middles out of the side? We don't know. Um, personally, because it's so up in the air, I think I'd rather a Daniel Safidi who you know he's going to benefit. Uh, there's value there. He's just got to show it to us. Uh, Christian Welch, I don't know. Um, I don't think his game isn't based on elusiveness. So uh, his game is based on taking a hit up, throwing an offload, and I think he's going to do that. So at the price, I think he's okay. But I think there are m- much better options. Moving on to the cheaper options, though, um, th- th- there's plenty in the front row. Uh, it's just on how it works out. There's Sean Kepi at 274, Franklin Pele, 216, Jack Hetherington at 266, which... Cheapies, are you eyeing off, Mikey? I like Everington just because I think there's potential there. He's coming cheap, could get a good role at the Knights. Um, I've got him in the second row at the moment just as a jewel, just kind of how my side's working at the moment. Yep. Um, Aaron Penne's going back to the Storm, 270K. He looked the goods at the Storm, went away from the Storm and looked pretty poo. So they've lost a lot of punch in the Storm, so surely they, they can improve there. So I've got him for now. I like Davey Moore from the Rabbitohs, mm-hmm. who's – had a couple of seasons to blood now and I think can get a little bit more minutes and improve on what we saw, uh, which is why I like him. Um, yeah, Pele, I'm not too sure he's going to get a big enough role to be an option. I think you've always got to talk about um, Spencer Linu. Yep. Comes in at a re- re- relatively cheap price. Um, he'll be on the bench there. And he just has such of an impact. Is this the season where he finally gets a bit more minutes or is Ivan going to keep it the same because with the minutes he gets, it works. So there are a few of the cheaper options that I'm keen, like probably pick two of those to start. But as I said, preseason trials and lineups will determine to which two I name. But there is there is a bunch to choose from. So I'm sure a couple of these guys will make some money. There is so many. Whether, whether it's long, a slow burn or not. There is so many to choose from. And I think you could just mention every single player in Supercoach and there could be a case for either of them. Mikey, uh, who, who's in your starting side at the moment? And I guess that's how, how we'll finish it. How are we How are we starting and what approach are we taking? And how is it beneficial for our side? You're on mute. 
Sorry, sorry. So I've kind of mentioned him. Yeah, I'm good. I realise. So yeah. I kind of mentioned him. Um, Tom Gilbert and Daniel Safedi are my starters for now, and then I've got Penne and Mole. The, the the two bench runs are kind of placeholders. The other guy I forgot to mention that you did is Kepi. I think he's a very cheap price that can improve on yep. what he had. So for now, and Safedi and Gilbert can exchange with some of the others. I kind of like Luke Thompson a bit better than um, Gilbert, but right now with my cap space. To make it a bit more of an even side, I have chosen the cheaper option in Gilbert for now. But as I said, my front row is nowhere near confirmed. I think most people right now that are using the team picker kind of have that as a placeholder. So that's going to be the position where I am willing to just, you know, hinder and I can to strengthen the other side. So um, my team always changes heaps. It's slowly changing now. I'm looking at it and it's not look. it's looking good. But it's. I think a lot of other teams will have similar teams, so uh, that's what I'm going with for now. What about you, Savs? Uh, I'm yeah. I'm very light there. I'm starting with Daniel Safidi. Uh, I think I'd prefer Luke Thompson, but obviously the cap space is an issue. Uh, my second front row is Jack Hetherington, and I've also got Sean Kepi and Franklin Pele in there in the moment. I want to be able to have two gun halves, two gun five eights, two gun fullbacks and two gun hookers and also a gun center in there. So I think I'm really scabbing out here. I think uh, with someone like a Dan Safidi at 46 average from last year can make his way up to a 60 average. And I think that that's where I'm going to get the value and able to get these high ceiling players for the first five weeks. I think that's the way to go about it. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, is there a world where you see yourself any any world where you see anyone starting with two gun front rowers or one like a Joe Tarpanier or Tino? I do see a world um, where that's goalable because I know so many play people that play that are doing that because I guess the tactic of doing that is then you don't have to worry about it if it works out the way it does. So if there's enough cheap options, I could see myself starting with one potential player, mm-hmm. like one kind of gun. Yep and then matching it with the mid-ranger. But, look, it, I see where it works, especially if one of them's a jewel. I like it. Yep. But I just if, – if you want two-gun halves, two-gun fullbacks, a gun hooker, there's no way you can do that. So that is – I think anyone that's got the two mid-rangers and the cheap front rollers are doing that exact strategy where they're grabbing Cleary Hines, they'll grab a good 5'8", they'll grab two good fullbacks, and they're going to grab a good hooker like Harry Grant. So – and I, that's exactly kind of what I'm doing. So that's yep. why – my build is the way it is, and I'm sure yours is, is very similar. And I know a lot of the other streamers have a very similar setup because they are stacking all those other positions, which I think this year I'm, I'm going to just play vanilla at the start. Go the guns in, worry about the rest, because all these other years where I've tried to be different, apart from one, it worked. I'm just going to go back to basics this year and yep. then switch it up in the competition. I like it. All right. Cheers for jumping on, Mikey. Front row's done and dusted. I mean, we could have we could have gone on for hours about it, let's be honest, but I think they're, they're the ones that are on top of our heads and they're the ones that we really seriously look at. Obviously, there could be one that jumps out of at us at team list, but for now, we're just working with what we have. So cheers for tuning in and we'll see you next week uh, on Second Rowers. Thanks, guys. Have a good one and good luck changing your time about 100 times a week.